One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Eureka, the show that gets under the skin of science in a good way, as we invite a new expert every week to help us answer one of science's most interesting questions. You'll remember, because I tell you most weeks, that Isaac Asimov once said, the most exciting phrase in science is not Eureka, but that's funny. Respectfully, Isaac, mate, you can have a bit of both. I'm Rick Edwards. And I'm Dr. Michael Brooks. Not a real doctor, of course, <laughs> of uh, course. as evidenced by the mug that I've got, Michael. And I'll post it doesn't post count as this. evidence if you buy me a mug that says not a real doctor on it. it I'm afraid it does. Oh, does it? Is yeah, that how it, it works? It right, does, yeah. yeah. There's just more evidence of you not being a real doctor. You don't identify that as evidence. <laughs> um, but jokes aside, uh, not the kind of doctor you'd want around to stop, you know, disease or no. age-related illnesses. No. It's so not a useful doctor. No, the, which like, is pretty much what the nurse said to me at the A&E yesterday. It was like, oh, physics, is it? Well, as in she do you? Well, hang on, did you say no, Doctor no. Michael Brooks here? Because she yeah, she looks up my notes and on my notes it says Doctor Michael Brooks. So she's why like, doesn't it just say Michael Brooks? I don't know because <laughs> yeah, you you do know because you're like I'm sorry. Can you just put Doctor? You're like Ben Kingsley insisting on getting called Sir Ben Kingsley. You're a monster. No, no. So uh, it comes up on my notes. She says, "Oh, what are you a doctor of?" And I said, oh, physics." And she said, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> she understood the assignment. That, but that's the yeah. point. That's All the right. point. Yeah. So do you want me to um, change the mug so it says not a useful doctor? <laughs> that cost me £12. No, it did not. Yeah. Wow. I thought, well, when you go on these um, these mug designing websites, which I'm sure you've been on, <laughs> uh, they always quote you the price of if you're buying 100. You're yeah. like, oh, these mugs are only three quid. Amazing. You should have bought 100. I bet there's loads of people who'd want a mug like well, this. Well, I bought two. Uh, okay. One one for me, even though I won't really use it, because yeah. not only am I not a real doctor, I'm just not a doctor. <laughs> uh, and then obviously the the one for you. But oh, it's okay. nice. It's, it that's a, a nice I'm, gift. I'm very grateful. Thank you very much for your humiliation uh, gift. I mean, listen, if we are going to start merch... It's not a terrible no, place it, to no, start. No, it's a good place to start. That's right. Uh, I've given away the I've given away the margins now. They probably <laughs> uh, I don't know what a reasonable price for a branded mug would be, but we're going to need to sell quite a lot. <laughs> uh, now, I did mention the fact that you wouldn't be any use in terms of sort of fighting disease or age related illnesses for a reason, and that reason is that today we're going to be talking about longevity. Okay, right. Now, you, you must have considered how long you've got left. And you've broken the back of it, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, every, every morning when I wake up, I think, right, how long have I got? And uh, I, I've and broken the back of it. And you in years or days? <laughs> uh, definitely years, but broken the back of it is a nice way of putting it, isn't mm. it? It's like, I, I sort of feel like, you know, okay, I'm I'm doing well, but there's a long way to go still, Sorry, in what, in what way are you doing well? Because I'm, oh, just I'm, still, you're, I'm still fit, healthy and alive, yeah, basically. Okay, yeah, yeah, fine, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, fine. So, uh, uh, and, which is, you know, a plus. And... Um, 
but I, I'm sort of conscious that you know these days people are living to sort of ninety. Too odd. old. And it's a long way to go, isn't it? I, I, for me, absolutely. When I hit 40, I thought, well, it's kind of downhill from here, but at least I'm I'm past halfway. Like in my head, 80 is the cutoff. Yeah. I don't really want to go past 80. It's funny, my father-in-law, so my father-in-law, who, was, who turned 80 this last year, um, announced basically, it's like 85 will do me. Oh, so book him in, send him to Switzerland. <laughs> Everyone was around the table going, what? But what, what do you, you do with that say? information? Yeah. Well, I mean, we had a, a bit of a family argument, I think, basically. That you'll, what's you'll, the argument? Basically, you'll die when we're ready for you to die, rather than him saying that's 85 not, seems, that, seems enough. That's not right. You've got to let the old boy go when he wants to. I think he'd probably go sooner if he could. Why would you want to keep someone alive <laughs> who didn't want to be alive? Because we like him. Yeah. I He's mean, not, I mean, is he going to be adding that much value past 85? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no offence. I've not met the guy, but... Is he? Oh, you have met the guy, actually. Oh, have I? But yeah, well, there yeah. you go. I'm, yeah. I'm totally forgettable. Yeah. <laughs> Get rid now. <laughs> and if you're listening, obviously, sorry. That's, that is very beautiful. Um, no, I mean, I, so I I like to fill my time doing things like playing sport, right? Yeah. And that is getting increasingly well, difficult. Physique. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Of course you can. Yeah. As the nurse said to me, good quads. <laughs> did she really say yeah, that? She really did. <laughs> After tutting at your qualifications. Yeah, yeah. Good, good quads. Not a real doctor. <laughs> um, I'll get it on the other side of the market. <laughs> and you know that becomes increasingly difficult. So it's about quality of life, isn't it? That is what you want. Not necessarily, you know. I just want to keep going, but I want to keep going in a way that makes it like enjoyable to be alive. Do you know what you're talking about? What am I talking about? You're talking about health span rather than uh, lifespan. Yes, I am. And I think you're absolutely right to be thinking about health span rather than lifespan. Because fundamentally, who the fuck wants to live to 150 if 70 years of that are just miserable <laughs> yeah, no, frailty? Exactly. <laughs> like it's, that's, yeah. that's rubbish. Yeah, That's no good at all. Yeah. So you want health span. You want to increase the length of uh, life that is without, eventually without pain, yeah, or like yeah. by and large but without it pain. It should be enjoyable. Where you can do stuff. Shouldn't it? Yeah. 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 You don't just be clinging on. No. And that's your father-in-law's point. <laughs> it he doesn't is. want to just I mean, be clinging it, on. He doesn't. No, no, good on him. Yeah, I knew, I, I knew I'd bring you around. <laughs> <laughs> it's not me you've got to convince. <laughs> Who have I got to convince? Oh, I'm Philippa. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. And uh, she's quite fond of him, so, you know. Yeah. Difficult. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll drop her a line. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> I don't know what I'm putting in the subject of that email. <laughs> a thought, Dr. Doc. <laughs> Re your dad. <laughs> I want to live forever. If you could, would you want to live forever? Or at least a little bit longer? Humanity has long dreamt of overcoming our physical decline, pausing ageing and escaping mortality. And in the last century, through science and medicine, life expectancy has shot up. A disease that might have sent you six feet under 100 years ago can feel like nothing more than the common cold today. <laughs> if we've increased the average life expectancy before, who's to say we can't do it again and again? The world's oldest living man recently celebrated his 113th birthday. Could someone born in 2022 go further? That's why this week we're asking, how long could someone born in 2022 live for?
As you'd expect, we have recruited an expert to help us answer today's question, because that is very much within the format of the show. <laughs> um, in this episode, we're going to be speaking with Dr. Brandon Milholland, who did his PhD in genetics at the Albert Einstein College of Medicine, which I've got to say is a great... I don't even know where I mean, it is. He wasn't a real doctor either, Albert Einstein, was he? Well, what am I doing? I'm s- sending a mug to the grave. <laughs> I'm just saying the Albert Einstein College of Medicine, it sounds like a made-up institution. I mean, Uh, no disrespect to our expert this week, obviously. certain amount of disrespect, I think. But it sounds like, it sounds baller. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's probably one of the best, isn't it? Let's be honest. But yeah, I know what you mean, though. Like, it does does sound a bit like you've said, quickly, make up a clever-sounding college. Yeah, I'd be like uh, the uh, Albert Einstein College. Look where my uh, certificate through the, through the internet's come from. <laughs> yeah, the, oh, it's a, a subsidiary of the Trump University. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was actually I was excited to speak to Brandon though uh, because I <laughs> didn't immediately <laughs> discredit him <laughs> because he does a lot of kind of data science, but particularly uh, because of his work on the biology of aging. And there are two types of statistical measures that we're going to be discussing today, life expectancy and lifespan. Now, I suspect that you know the difference. Well, life expectancy is the kind of average at any particular time in history, at any particular place. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Lifespan so is... No, I'm, I'm actually stuck now. So what lifespan would be the... So you, you write about life expectancy. So it's effectively, if you take an average number of people, they're all born at the same time, then it's the, the age that they might be expected to live to. And it varies according to when, when they were born. Right. If, so that's... And, and, and that is more sort of intuitive, I think, in a way, because when we're talking about, oh, live to like 80, 85, 90, that's all life expectancy that we're talking about, really. Um, And then lifespan is actually the upper limit. So it's a kind Uh, of maximum theoretical number. And it's it's really hard to calculate because how, like, how do you know? Like, do you just go off the oldest ever person? But that doesn't tell you what the, the that's the upper limit. It just tells you that no one's got past it yet. Yeah. So it's sort of it, it's a fiddly one. All right. That's um, but you give. I, I think you can definitely get some idea from the oldest person. So the oldest ever verified person was a French lady who lived to 122. But I don't think that that would make you conclude that the lifespan of humans is 122. You know, it's going to be that. Or more. Yeah. Uh, okay. Probably. Right. So that's the lower limit of the of the lifespan. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. Uh, and then the other thing, as as we mentioned, is health span. And I think that's quite important because all of the stuff that we're talking about, really, um, health span is the interesting bit. Yeah. If you're like, living to 122, you're probably that those last couple of years. I'm guessing they're not great. Yeah, but actually, you. Or last maybe she was fine. Of, I but don't last know. couple of years is not bad. If you're if you're fully healthy until you're 116, and then yeah, you've yeah. got a few iffy ones at the end, yeah, no, so that's enough. that's not bad. That's a very very long health span. But the yeah. fact is, most people, you know, start to kind of feel it a bit. Yeah. From 70 plus, I bet her her children were starting to feel it as well. The lack of inheritance. Yeah, I don't know if they necessarily celebrated, uh, but we don't know, actually. I've not not heard any any comment from their children, so maybe. It's like, oh, it's, don't worry, we're going to come into a few hundred grand in, in a couple of years. We'll be, we'll be fine. There must, She's 100 if, now. I wonder if you get anything, like an accolade of being the, the oldest. It feels like you should. It's not going to be financial. 
Well, you're not like, going to benefit. You, from like it. you should be sponsored by like you know some probiotic yogurt or something. Once, yeah. Once you're the oldest person on earth, all your expenses are paid for by yeah you know, by ha- Actimel. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I think I see. I think I mean. Let's it, get in touch Actimel, with Actimel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're listening, let us know. <laughs> we obviously will take a cut. Uh, I actually just to make sure that I didn't um, well balls it up really. Uh, I got Brandon to explain the difference between lifespan and, and life expectancy so if he in any way deviates from what i've said then it might be that he's wrong <laughs> life expectancy is the average age that we would expect someone to live and you could say that as life expectancy at birth or life expectancy at a certain age lifespan is the maximum age that we would expect anyone to live and Lifespan is always higher than life expectancy. Most people are going to, or half of people will meet their life expectancy. That's the definition. Lifespan, only one person is going to get to lifespan. And life expectancy has been going up for quite a while, still continues to go up in most populations even now, but lifespan uh, has become stagnant for decades. 10,000 years ago until the 1800s, pretty much life expectancy stayed the same. Didn't really matter where you were from. So you could be a hunter-gatherer or you could be a wealthy nobleman. Life expectancy was about 35. That feels mad. Yeah. But the majority of that is because infant mortality was so high. So like 40% of children w- wouldn't make it to adulthood. So that drags. Uh, so the average is dragged So it's yeah, a slightly, yeah. it, it, it's an odd one because you think, oh, what, everyone was dying at 35? No, not really. So if you made it to past 20, then your life expectancy would be something like 60. Right, yeah. Do, so do so you know if you mean? did the calculations and discounted everyone who's like died before the age of 10, yeah. for instance, that would, that would massively increase the life Yeah, yeah, so expectancy. then the life expectancy would be more like, in, in probably like 50 or something yeah, like yeah, that, okay. I would say. Um, and, and you've got to think about, they look at death rates a lot, or sort of mortality rates. So in any given year, how likely is it that you're going to die? Yeah. And if you imagine the curve, in infancy, even now, it's relatively high. Like it is right. just, you are just a bit more fragile. Globally, and sort you mean. Of, yeah, and it's yeah. sort of true. I mean, obviously, there's going to be big variations according to place. Yeah, in 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 the current day, but um, you'll see this in pretty much all all animals, really. Um, just just being young, you're just a bit more vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. I've watched those so, documentaries. Yeah, and then and then you and then it really dips down. And so when you're in your sort of teenage years until you're into your thirties, it's pretty low. Like chances of dying pretty low uh, and then from your 30s it just starts it just go, it starts creeping up again and then in your 70s and 80s it, it, it starts going exponentially higher right um and so you're you actually you're really just quite likely to die in your 70s and yeah, 80s yeah. which makes sense yeah yeah um and 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 obviously the ways in which you're dying uh vary so it's either going to be sort of external factors like um accidents or disease um, or sort of internal factors like aging. And so what's really bizarre is that, you know, a thousand years ago, people, not many people were dying of old age. You, you, yeah, yeah, you just not, so, yeah, just not yeah. many people were getting to that, to yeah. that point. So aging I guess even is something... Like cancers weren't... 
Yeah, when yeah no. Taking most people, or as, you know, no, a high you think proportion about like when, they are today. Yeah, think about when cancers are coming in, like in your sort of 60s, 70s, 80s. Most people aren't aren't getting to that. Yeah. So so not really not really an issue. So it's yeah. not. Uh, yes, you could say we live in a more carcinogenic environment, but also we're just getting yeah. to an age where it's just much more likely. Yeah. So so yeah, it's quite. It's I think it's it's useful to think about both. You know those external and internal factors that are ultimately going to lead to your to your demise. But the, I mean, the big question then is like, can we do anything about them? Like you know, we we've got so far because of various sort of medical improvements and everything else. Is there an upper limit, I guess? Is, you know. Yeah, so we've, we've actually... So, so sorry, I forgot to actually tell you what the life expectancy now is. So glo- global life expectancy up to the 1800s, about 35. Now it's 72, between 72 and 73. So it has, right. it's over doubled. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. Part of that is undoubtedly the fact that child mortality is, is massively reduced. Yes. But also, it's just better public health, yeah. better sanitation, um, better medicines generally. It's um, sort of science, isn't it? It's absolutely science. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's all science. But you're right. The question then is, okay, so we've got to this point. Can we push it any any further? Is there any more room in the, in the, sort of in the human system? Yeah, because lots of animals live for a long time, don't they? Yeah, so if you look at vertebrates... I think the animal that lives the longest is the Greenland shark. It lives in very cold water, interestingly, because it means it's got quite a slow metabolic rate. That's uh, yeah. good for anti-aging. Yeah. Um, and those, again, it, tricky thing when you're looking at animal ages is how do you know how old it is when you just fight? Unless you monitor it from the moment of its birth. I see your point. You're just meeting, uh, what am I doing? Asking the animal. <laughs> Do they have like rings if you cut them open? Like trees? <laughs> uh, so it turns out this was actually the oldest tiger. Um, uh, obviously it's dead now because I had to, <laughs> to slice it like a stick of rock. That's so Victorian science, isn't it? Yeah, they would have done that. <laughs> they would have done that. Uh, but yeah, the Greenland sharks live to about 400, which is not bad. No, it isn't bad. Uh, and we're actually, we're, we're right towards the top of, of life expectancy of... of of mammals um, now, because of because of science, like we're we, nowhere we've near like ourselves. multiple centuries, are we? No, so you no. know we're not doing four hundred years. No, we're not doing. We're not even years. doing near one hundred and fifty years. Not yet. No. Right. So, so yeah, th- this this question of whether we can extend human lifespan is quite controversial. Actually, I'd say it's very controversial. I don't think there is there, there is agreement on it at all. I think I know what I believe, so I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you at the, I'll tell you at the end. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Brandon's work does point to a limit. He thinks that there is a, a limit oh. to, to, to human lifespan, and he thinks he can show it through, th- through the maths. The limit to human lifespan is primarily biological. You could say that in the past there might have been an environmental element where basically if people are succumbing to diseases from their environment or other environmental causes, that nobody is really reaching the outer limit of biological lifespan. But now that there's been so many improvements and we're seeing that people, the oldest person is not really getting very much older. And that, you know, the record was set by Jean Calment in 1997. She was 122 when she died. Nobody else in the 
25 years since then has even gotten to 120. And that suggests that there's some sort of biological limit that with our current technology and even improvements in that same paradigm of technology, that we haven't been able to change that limit. So Jean was uh, 122. She was still smoking at 117. And then 117 thought... Did she give up at 117? I I think so, yeah. She's like... She'd probably been been smoking for 100 years. Yeah, exactly. She was cycling till she was 100. That's good. It's very... I mean... I don't know if she was just trying to live the French cliche. <laughs> Did you so, have onions around Yeah, onions, uh, yeah. Breton, uh, hooped top. <laughs> Little beret, Gourouas. smoking a gourouas. <laughs> yeah, so she was under it. It's not bad. That is good, isn't it? Um, but what, what Brandon is saying is that when you look at the, the numbers, she is more of an exception than a rule. Right, so she's a big outlier, so she, actually. Yeah, so he, he thinks said. that the limit is 115. He thinks that is human human lifespan. Yeah. Um, and he's saying that as you go up and up and up, so through 70s, 80s, and 90s into 100s, your mortality rate every year just, just keeps on going up right. exponentially. This is controversial because... As soon as he published this paper, so it was in Nature, it was about six years ago, lots of other scientists sort of jumped on it and said, no, that's you're, you're, you're wrong, you've mishandled the, the data somehow. Let me we, guess, we, I bet those scientists were the ones who'd taken the venture capitalist money to, to kind of you know produce longevity uh, drugs and pro- things like that. Probably, yes, but I don't know. But they, they said that actually something really bizarre seems to happen. So when they look at so someone looked at, nearly 4,000 very old Italians. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's all um, super cent- centenarians. Centenarians? Centenarians. Super yeah. centenarians, who, which means 110 and over. Right. So I think it's, yeah, just under 4,000 of them. And it actually looks like their mortality rate just plateaus. So it just stops, it's, it sort of stops increasing. And no one can really explain why that would be. But that when when they look at it, that's what they find. So break that down for me again. So you've got these so, 4,000 Italians who are 110 and over, yeah. and they're no more likely to die in the next year than they were like in the previous year. Is that, yeah. is that basically yeah. what it means? Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, let's okay. say it's a 50-50 chance. Yeah. You got, when you're 110, 50-50 chance of dying. 111, 50-50 chance of dying. 112, 50-50 chance of dying. Yeah, that doesn't make sense, does it? It doesn't, but that that's that's what the numbers see, seem to say. I mean, you're still going to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but your chances of, of, yeah. of seeing your next birthday are higher than when you were in your 70s and 80s. Yeah, which is... You can see, why, you can see why Brandon's saying that's got to be nonsense. Okay, so... so Obviously, I'm really fascinated by just analysing the numbers, but mm. I've also read lots and lots about interventions like drugs, yeah. genetic engineering that actually promise us longevity, You know, stopping those processes that are mm. problematic sort of at source effectively. So surely we can increase lifespan by those kinds of interventions. That, I think, is where all of the stuff that we've been talking about kind of potentially ceases to apply because if we're going to talk about sort of interfering with the natural progression of things within the human body then 
you may you may be able to overcome what you call like a natural limit if there was a natural limit. So Brandon thinks there is a natural limit. Lots of other scientists think there isn't, but they're both sets of people are talking about natural lifespan, and I think these these kind of techniques are quite sort of invasive in terms of yeah. your you know your your metabolism and, and 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 stuff like that and really like resetting cells so it's like a big interference um and may well be able to overcome certainly any kind of limit on on lifespan but really massively extend health span potentially yeah, yeah. and and a lot of this stuff is in the really early stages but you will be very unsurprised to hear that a huge amount of money is getting poured into this this kind of research in, by in California, in presumably. California, in Silicon Valley, because those guys just don't want to die. Don't want to die <laughs> at all uh, because they're narcissists. <laughs> hey, uh, and uh, I read somewhere that the anti aging industry, and when I say anti aging industry, I don't mean sort of superficial sort of creams you're rubbing on your face to yeah, get rid the of wrinkles. Yeah, stuff you use. Yeah, not yeah, that stuff. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Although I'm sure that's worth a lot of money as well. Um, <laughs> worth a lot about, of your money. Yeah, <laughs> I talk about proper sort of like genetic interventions and all this kind of anti-aging yeah. drugs. Um, and yeah, it said that that industry will be worth $600 billion by 2025, Ooh. which is quite soon. And consequently, stuff is happening. And mainly... It's to, you know, worms and stuff. So we're making mice worms getting, live a lot longer. Mice, mice are getting involved. So they've managed to extend the, the lifespan of, um, I think it actually might be my old friend, the C. elegans. Wow, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think they've extended his lifespan by about 600%, <gasps> which is good. But it, also, like, it is just a... It's just a uh, I love the C. elegans, but it is a flatworm. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a human. It's a different thing. Um, yeah. So I asked Brandon whether he thought these breakthroughs were promising in terms of getting past his perceived lifespan limit. I think that it's going to be a lot more difficult to increase human lifespan than it is in small organisms like worms. For example, if you look at worms, you can either change one gene or you can put them in a calorie-restricted environment and increase their lifespan sixfold. If you take a bit more complex organism, like a mouse, you can create about a 30% increase in lifespan. So that's going from 600% to 30% with the more complex and more human-like, you know, from a worm to a mammal type organism. If you take monkeys, which are very close to humans, and you do a calorie restriction, you see barely any increase in lifespan. It's actually debatable whether they benefited from that at all from a longevity standpoint. And that is kind of suggesting that as the organism gets more and more complex, that it's a lot more difficult to move the dial, so to speak, on lifespan. Then another issue is that if you look at something like weight versus lifespan, if you made a graph of the mass of an organism and its lifespan, you generally see a correlation where heavier organisms live longer. So a worm, which is super tiny, microscopic, you know, couple weeks, you know, flies, pretty short-lived, mice, a few years, elephants, you know, will live decades. Humans, 
lighter than an elephant, heavier than a mouse, also lived decades. So humans are actually up, up above the line on the mass versus life expectancy graph. And that suggests that we humans evolutionarily are somehow already kind of uh, optimized for longevity given our biological constraints. And that suggests that further improvements will be harder to achieve. I'm loving his, his graph. And obviously the fact that we're above the line suggests that science has got us there. Yeah. So, you know, we have, you know, you, we evolved along with everyone else, but we also got science involved and, and technology. So presumably that may be why we've been able to sort of outdo that weight versus lifespan. Yeah, because I think we would have been below the line yeah. for, for most of humans' existence. Yeah. So but, yeah, we have bucked the trend a little bit. But those science. sharks, I mean, they're heavy dudes. Yeah. Living 400 years. Yeah. So they, and um, with no technology that I'm aware of. <laughs> yeah, who knows what they're up to down there? <laughs> they keep themselves to themselves. Yeah, they're just in the gym the whole time. <laughs> okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll discuss the future of the anti-aging field. And I'll get Brandon's thoughts on people challenging his work, which will be interesting. And of course, we'll be asking him today's big question. How long could someone born in 2022 live for? 
And the Grim Reaper shows up and is like, what? You're still around? No, I can't have that. And takes you away. So there's never a certainty of death. But at a certain point, the probability of living past an age becomes vanishingly small. You could say it's a coin toss. And some people argue that the chance of dying actually becomes stable at 50% past a certain age. That it doesn't keep going up, it stops at 50. I actually think most evidence points to it keep going up. But even if it is stuck at 50%, you know, you could win this year's coin toss and you can win next year's coin toss, but 10 coin tosses in a row, 20 coin tosses in a row. You know, if you had that kind of luck, you could go to Vegas with a dollar and become a millionaire at the roulette table. Well, that never happens. Um, and, you know, after 20 coin tosses, you're probably going to lose one of them. And, you know, those are not good odds. The idea that we can just like tweak something, you know, like a worm, you know, mm. like we've done with the worms and just fix that just seems like, you know, optimism going too far. Aubrey de Grey, who you'll be familiar with, does make quite an interesting uh, point. So he's this anti-aging researcher, eccentric guy that we've both had dealings with before. Uh, looks sort of like a wizard. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> very Gandalf. Long, very long, yeah, Gandalf, basically. very long beard, very charismatic, very passionate speaker about this stuff. And he thinks that there's a totally artificial distinction between disease, the stuff that we say, okay, with medical science, we're going to try and tackle, yeah, and then ageing. Uh, where we just go, well, that just that just happens. You can't do anything about that. Yeah. But he says that that's just a semantic point. That like they're all they're all the same thing. They're all just things that are ultimately potentially going to kill us. And for some reason, we've just decided that we're not going to tackle this vast suite that we bracket as aging. And he is he's kind of right. Sort of. Yeah. 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 You, know, you you do get the point. The older I get, the more I take his point. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and his his real approach is. Uh, can you can you fix stuff as you as you go along? Can you can you just look at some of the individual processes involved with aging and tinker with those or rep- or, your, or repair those like you would if you if you think your body is just an incredibly complex machine, which it sort of is. Yes. Then you can extend the working life of a machine by occasionally like going in and giving it a service, replacing sort of parts here and there. Yeah. And it will last much longer than perhaps it was it was sold to last for. Yeah. But I mean, his optimistic viewpoint is that you can do that faster than it degrades. So eventually you but, get to the point where you can just like, just keep something alive forever because you're constantly yes. able to replace parts and those new parts will have a longer lifespan. Yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, I mean, <laughs> I think, honestly, I don't think we know. It feels unlikely doesn't it it does feel unlikely but i don't but it, we don't know but then you know if you talk to people before the industrial revolution and said oh you know the average lifespan is going to massively increase precisely it would have felt unlikely wouldn't it yeah really unlikely because everyone would have said well it's been the same for the last I don't know, mm. how many hundred thousand years why is it suddenly going to jump well maybe you know well well there's so uh, it's not an understatement to say that there is an absolute multitude of approaches in various different well-funded labs all over the show working on different angles with which to try and do stuff like this. So, it's the big problem of our age to solve, isn't it? I, yeah, may, maybe. I mean, uh, I think there's some ethical considerations here, um, moral and ethical considerations. 
that don't get as much airtime as they as they should. Like, what do you do if suddenly everyone is living to 120? Like, what does that do to your economy? Who's looking after them? Do they need looking after? Are they, or are you saying actually? Instead of working until you're 65, you're now working until you're 105. Yeah, do people want to do that? None of those reasons no. are a reason to say, "Yeah, I'm afraid you're going to have to die." No, no, you know. Yeah, no, so, but, so we're not we're not going to make decisions based on those, which are good ethical and. and but also, it, uh, 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 who's going to be able to afford questions. this stuff? Yeah, okay. In, that initially, is the thing. at least, yeah, initially, yeah, yeah. Um, it's going to be people. I tell you who would afford it, and I tell you who would be on it. Elon Putin. Musk. Oh, Putin. For, it might yeah, be too and, late and, for him. Maybe, but imagine someone like him, uh, who I think it's not unreasonable to say most people would like if he wasn't around for that long. Yeah, gets hold of so any sort of dictator, nut job, running a you know totalitarian state or whatever. Those are the kind of people who are going to be able to mobilise and afford these kind of treatments and potentially extend their their lifespan. Well, and, all those, and that's not all that's, the Silicon Valley narcissists. Yeah, and that. that that doesn't feel particularly comfortable to me. And I think that when... So all of the sort of very pro-anti... Um, Pro-anti-aging. <laughs> no, that doesn't quite... You know what I mean, don't you? Pro-health pro Pro-radical pro, uh, life extension yeah. people. When you talk to them, they're like, but if if people are fit and healthy, they'd, they'd love to work, mm. you know, for, for another 40 years. You and I and, are fit and healthy. Do we like yeah, to work? And, and I'm like, well... No, that's that's not right. Also, like, it might be true for a very small section of people, probably people who just, uh, well, enjoy their work slash just use their brains solely for their work. Um, but I think the vast majority of working people in the world are going to absolutely hate the idea of having to, yeah, just like double their working life. Yeah. I just don't think that's going to be particularly appealing. So let's just talk about a few ways that people are looking at tackling aging. So uh, one is looking at um, senescent cells. So senescent cells are often referred to as zombie cells, um, and they are cells in which they've uh, they've sort of expired, but they haven't destroyed themselves. So normally, when a cell uh, reaches the end of its life, if it's functioning properly it just gets gets destroyed and so that's that's fine then it's, and then the the, yeah. the waste is processed all, all good that that happens countless times throughout your life um but with senescent cells they they just they sort of die but they also don't properly die they just sit there like zombies hence hence zombie cells uh, and they're implicated in in causing inflammation and associated with lots of different uh, diseases and they just they don't they don't proliferate. They don't multiply. They just, just sit there, clogging up the sit system. there, accumulate, um, and they're, they're they're no good. And they're yeah. definitely uh, you can you can see that they're totally linked with with aging processes. Um, and so they've looked at ways of of tackling that in in mice um, and had some success. So actually, as as Brandon was saying, you can you can get a, a mouse to live thirty percent longer by getting rid of some senescent cells uh so you can you can inject a i think essentially you're injecting a protein that reminds those cells to to to, to clear off, off. Yeah, yeah yeah 
And so that that could have. So you, you you're just like clearing the junk. Yeah, like it makes yeah, sense. Yeah. You're just sort of clearing the body of junk. Yeah. Um. So that so that's one possible approach. Lots of different drugs being developed by lots of different people that might uh, do do a job on on that. Um. And then you've got the possible the, the the closest possibility I think to an actual anti-aging pill, which I guess is what everyone would really want. No, yeah. no, no inject, just you, you take a pill and it just takes care of stuff. Um, and that's this enzyme called NAD+. Um, and that, it's, it's well, too complicated to go into really, but essentially it tells cells to sort of look after themselves. Your cells are constantly kind of repairing and, and repairing themselves, keeping themselves in, in working order. Uh, and when you're 50, you have about half as much NAD plus as you did when you were twenty. Oh, right. yeah. So your cells just get a bit less good at They're looking sort after of lazier. Themselves. Yeah. It's like it's like basically a life coach for cells, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can't you can't get the life coach in directly, uh, but you can get in uh, another uh, molecule that will then turn into the life coach within, nice. uh, within stealth the cells. life coach. Yeah, stealth life coach into the cells, uh, and so that and yeah, a lack of um, low levels of NAD plus are linked to all sorts of so Alzheimer's, um, skin cancer, MS, um, and this has again been tried in mice, um, and and it just sort of it it just helps regulate the the cell metabolism, and yeah. again you see positive effects in terms of um, their sort of behavior so they behave like they're younger yeah. i think you get a bit of increase in longevity as well but that that could actually be one way you're like that's increasing health span yeah, not necessarily yeah so that's quite that's quite good that and that and i don't need a huge like percentage lift on no, that no no just no just a little tweak yeah just a little tweak yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it would get addictive wouldn't it go oh, i just have one more of those pills one more of those pills <laughs> <feels> so good <laughs> uh, and then the other inevitably um is stem cells so just oh, yeah. whether you can you can introduce so your, your your stem cells are constantly producing new new cells that can then differentiate into all sorts of different types of cells but your number of stem cells gradually decreases with age so it's just can you introduce yeah. more and and the answer is yeah maybe and again it looks like you might be able to do that uh, for for mice who who knows if that then translates right from from mice to to humans and you do have um, to be careful don't you because things like that can induce um runaway sort of uh cell division like cancers and stuff yeah yeah like yeah, yeah yeah i mean so. it's 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 by no means is any of this stuff easy right um and then actually the 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 most interesting approach i think at the moment is a guy called dr sinclair I think, uh, who again is, of course, he's on the mice, um, and he there's there's a there's a great bit of um, footage which you can see on on YouTube where he's managed to make as, as in part of his research got twin mice and he's made uh, one of the one of the mice much older by I think he's introducing senescent cells I think right. it's that and you've got this this these these two mice. <laughs> And, and they're twins, and one looks fantastic, and one looks old as fuck, and like it's sort of grey and like just gnarly, exactly the same age, oh. genetically identical, but one of them is fucked. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, you don't really want to be doing that. No, but I suppose the idea is if you can do that, and you could probably do the reverse process well i mean maybe i mean it sort of feels a bit cruel to me i, I mean all like, of what it. he's saying is if i introduce loads of senescent cells into this mice look, look, look what happens look what happens and everyone's like 
Yeah, what have you? What have you? Uh, how's that contributing? To well, I mean, think society. how the, the twin feels amazing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's all relative. The twins like I feel so alive. <laughs> uh, but he 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 thinks that the key might be the in the epigenome. So he thinks that the fundamental cause of aging is uh, degradation of your epigenome so not your not your genome but how your genome is expressed right um and he also thinks that he might know how to restore your epigenome so effectively turn the clock back so it's sort of hacking the genome effectively by changing its environment and the inputs around it yeah 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 so there's there was a guy you'll you'll have heard of this guy yamanaka who, who won a nobel prize for discovering these four factors yamanaka factors that if you introduce them they 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 can they can do exactly that. they can sort of yeah. bring a cell back to it's kind of almost like it's embryonic yeah state um and so they've this 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 guy sinclair has done this with mice um and very specifically he's taken blind so an old blind mouse which sounds like it's going to be from a nursery rhyme <laughs> and did he cut applied, off his tail with a car? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why he did that. Just, just having some fun. Just couldn't help myself. <laughs> it felt so right. Um, he he didn't use all all four factors. I don't really know why. I think he used three. Um, and uh, just in the in the retina cells right. of of the blind old mouse, which effectively reset the the epigenome of those retinal cells, and it restored the mouse's vision right. which is pretty amazing that is amazing because and then the I mouse think, looked in the mirror and said god look at the state of me yeah, yeah kill me kill me now <laughs> <laughs> um but so and, and that's really that's actually that's not slowing the process of aging that that's is reversing. that's reversing and that's when that's when i think it gets really interesting so because that's a then, game changer because the, well then, then then all bets are off like the idea of a of a of a limit just becomes a nonsense yeah but, and and yeah he's like i don't know how many times you'd be able to do that like i guess actually i mean this is horrible but probably what he's doing with some mice at the moment is restoring their sight and then waiting until they go blind again and then trying to restore it again and seeing how many times he can go through the go through the process how because who knows probably pretty well <laughs> closes his perfectly working eyes <laughs> and thanks god he's not a mouse again who knows who would have application yeah. to, to humans but that's the closest that it seems anyone is coming to actually reversing biological aging and i guess that your the linkage between your chronological age and your biological age i think is fairly strong but yeah. the idea of this is you could totally break that yeah link so I'm you could so be so up for this yeah well that well that that's the way of you know it, that's healthy life for as long as you want it yeah pretty much yeah quite cool i mean i'm not a narcissist as we know but i would um... definitely take that <laughs> i would de- i mean who's going to refuse that so that's going to be a question of how good is it and how much money does it cost and yeah. How often can I do it? Yeah. And if it's safe. Also, you I'm can't like, just um so I mean this this is horrible, but obviously you can't just do that to your entire body because if you turned all of your cells back to sort of stem cells effectively, then you're just gonna be like a massive <laughs> embryo uh, tumour. That's the when none of the cells know what the fuck they're supposed to be doing. I guess <laughs> like, so you do you really don't want that. Yeah, I mean that's a bad night out. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> How was it? Well, look at me. Uh, <laughs> well, you look young. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like a young tumour. <laughs> All right, so the question we started with was, how long could someone born in 2022 live for? And obviously, I asked Brandon. Someone born in 2022, their life expectancy at birth will probably be between 70 and 80 years. It depends upon their gender and what country that they were born in. And We don't know for sure yet because the demographic data is always a little bit delayed. So we have to wait for 2022 to be over and then we'll get the data. But it'll probably be in the 70 to 80 range. Somebody born in this year, their lifespan, their maximum potential age that they could live to as opposed to their most likely age that they'll live to. I would say their lifespan will be less than 125 years old. Mm. I mean, I sort of feel like statistics are on his side, but there's a part of me that says, but we've only just got into this whole yeah, area. Yeah, Maybe yeah. something will happen. Yeah, I, I respectfully think I disagree with Brandon. I think if if we weren't <laughs> doing anything to try and tackle this, yeah, fine. Um, but we are, and loads of smart people are on it, and they've got loads of money. Um, and we're having encouraging results in animal models. So then it becomes a question of whether you believe those animal models will transfer to humans, mm-hmm. which Brandon obviously doesn't and for un- good and understandable reasons. So it, then it depends on whether you're an optimist and say, well, actually, it could. Yeah. I mean, so it, I, I mean, it's, it's a probabilities game, obviously. Mm. But in a sense, I'm sort of thinking there's a decent chance that we might see some kind of big step change in the next, I don't know, like 50 years. Which means that somebody born this year actually will see, you know, more than 125 years. Yeah, I I think that's quite likely, actually. And I certainly think that health span could could improve dramatically. And if this epigenetic tinkering, if, if that works, then you really could extend lifespan drastically. Yeah. I just don't really buy the idea of a of a of a limit once we've started interfering. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm sort of with you. Do you know anyone who's born this year? Any friends with babies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'll, I'll monitor her. Yeah, if you could just keep on top of that. Yeah, yeah. I've got a friend who's got one that's like three months now. Mm-hmm. He's a Liverpool fan. Good, good. His son might might live to see Liverpool win the Premier League. 125 years. No, it's asking a bit much. I isn't mean. It? Uh, it's awful banter. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> Eureka is a stack production presented by Dr. Michael Brooks and Rick Edwards. The production team is Temi Adebayo, Katie Baxter, Luke Moore, and Charlie Morgan. Sound designed by Katie Baxter. Special thanks to today's expert, Brandon Milholland. We also do really love hearing from you guys, so if you have a burning science question you want answering, drop us an email at eureka at stack.london or you can find us, as always, on Twitter at EurekaPod. Thanks. Eureka is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.